0: Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media and proud owner of the Bronx Times and El Caleo and Noticia, because today I'm saying that since we are having the great pleasure of interviewing Janet Peguero, who is now the first Dominican, am I right, ever to sit (laughs) as the deputy borough president of the great borough of the Bronx. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Vicki. I'm so excited and delighted to be on here today.
0: Well, you are a true great success story. Now, you. I know you're Dominican roots, but you did grow up in the Bronx. Were you born in Dominican Republic?
1: I was born in the Dominican Republic, and I came to this country in the early 90s. And during that time, there was a huge concentration of Dominicans in West Harlem, upper Manhattan, Washington Heights. So, when, uh, right before I came here, my parents were here for about a year or so. So, there was a, a, a little lag, uh, you know, the immigration system. <laughs> and uh, prior to that, my uh, grandfather from my father's side was already uh, established in the West Harlem area. And so, I was a part of that migration of uh, Dominican immigrants that landed in West Harlem. And then, when my parents separated, we moved over to the Bronx. So I consider myself an Uptown baby.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, like, Uptown is a good place to be. And I I'm think a combination that, of both. <laughs> right, right, right. I think, you know, we're you're a blend. But, you know, I think uh, living uh, this whole experience of coming to a strange land as a little mm-hmm. girl uh, yes. has to have had an impact. Talk to me a little bit about your early childhood. Was there somebody there that you looked up to as a mentor?
1: You know, I'll be completely honest with you, Vicky, the the answer is no. Outside of my immediate parents, it was really hard for me to to find a mentor or to even think about mentorship because during that time coming in as a young, I I was six years old when I came to this country, um, we were very low income uh, and, and so we faced different challenges. My mindset was very much survival. Right. Mm -hmm. So in survival mode, um, just ensuring that, you know, while my parents were working two jobs, that that we were in school and, you know, just maintaining. So it was really difficult. Um, I, I often share this when I speak to students, encouraging them to look for mentors. One, define what a mentor is, what you seek out of a mentorship, because I didn't have mentors until I had the courage to muster up and, and seek for that mentorship later on when I was an undergrad in my early 20s. Wow. So, mm-hmm.
0: you know, those years of coming here, you know, you can relate now to all the people who are trying to begin a new life. Absolutely. Uh, people, they had a terribly hard life where they came from. But the struggle to come here and the climbing of the ladder that you have made is kind of astronomical. <laughs> I love it. Oh, can you tell you. us how did you come from your childhood into your school system. I know you went to SUNY, right? So yes. tell us about how you got to uh, be where you are today and what you're doing as Deputy Borough President, the first Dominican. I'm so <laughs> proud of you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, Vicky, to your point, I had a, a, a public education upbringing. I, I went to public school my entire life all the way to, to my undergraduate career when I, I, I attended uh, Binghamton University, a SUNY university. And and really, my in in my trajectory, I always think of it, or the words that come to my mind, is turning pain into purpose. As I mentioned to you earlier, you I know- say, coming... say that again. Say that again. I
0: don't want you to just thrust your turning pain turning my pain into purpose right I, I love that i think that's a very important I, I have to stop you because it's such an important lesson you know i had the pain of my daughter laura's being brain damaged right. and i turned it into the purpose of opening you know the starting an organization we now serve uh, 1000 employees right. 50 group homes so you have done that too and i know you have helped people how have you you know you got started who gave you that thought is it just came into you
1: you know it, it i was just so frustrated with my upbringing i was so frustrated of and saddened to see how my parents had to both work two jobs to just provide the basic necessities right my mom will come home super super tired still fix us a meal or, you know, we'll make sure that if if we are skipping breakfast, I am eating breakfast at, you know, my uh, my my local public school and getting there really early to ensure that I that I uh, get online for 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 breakfast right before right before class. So for me, I was just frustrated. I just didn't understand why. Why, if my parents are working so hard, why are we still struggling? Why are we still being faced with with evictions? I remember coming home. After think of think of a third grade, I think of myself as uh, you know, as a eight uh, nine year old coming home from school after a long day of classes and and being welcomed with an eviction notice at home and not being able to you know get my teddy bear or my favorite toy or or whatever. But it just I I couldn't understand it. I couldn't stomach why my parents were working so hard and we were still struggling to survive. And so early on. I studying um, social studies and and really leaning into understanding civics of of my community. I was just frustrated. I was upset. And I took that anger with me to undergrad Uh, when folks are uh, asked me, well, why did you decide Binghamton University? Why not, you know, a, a local CUNY, et cetera? I just wanted to get out undergrad for me was a way out of poverty. I just wanted to escape my realities and, and, and going away felt like that escape, but again, pain into purpose, right? What, what pushed me out. I just wanted to get out, uh, really taught me a lesson. I I learned so much, you know, I ended up majoring in sociology and Latin American, uh, Caribbean areas. How did you
0: afford to go to school? Listen,
1: I did not. You know, I I was part of an EOP program, the Education Opportunity Program, which offered uh, additional grants. um, And I took out loans, loans that I'm still paying to this day. So I am, you know, the moment the Biden administration released uh, the loan forgiveness uh, program, I applied. I am part of that. and, And I don't I don't shy away from saying it. I applied for the public service forgiveness program as well. So I applied to all of those public um, uh, programs because I am that, uh, and and you know I, I maxed out my loans, and in maxing out my loans, I also helped provide for my mom, right? Because my parents went through a divorce early on; she was a single mother for 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 most of our, our upbringing, and so I ensured that I didn't want to become a burden for her because I already knew how burdensome our upbringing was and so i i maxed out loans and i applied to grants whenever whenever i could
0: Did you work while you were in school? I did. I had three
1: jobs. (laughs) My friends will tell you all about it. I was a barista. I worked at a local restaurant. I I worked for for the dining hall at at my university. So I I had three jobs. And then I had a seasonal job at a retail store here in in the city. I worked for Aldo Shoes. Oh, Aldo Shoes. Yeah. So yeah. So when I left high school, when I graduated high school, I asked my manager, I was like, please allow me to stay on as a seasonal worker so during the holidays I will come back and I will work at the retail store and that's how I got myself through undergrad
0: remarkable and you know going now to the highest levels in the Bronx is quite a journey from the from the Aldo shoot yes <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about you know uh, I know that you work with some dear friends of mine, the Falones. Yes, yes, And that had to be a great experience. What were you? Uh, what did you learn from being there? One
1: of the most amazing experiences ever. Right after undergrad, I started working in the non for profit sector, and then I worked in for a government agency for for many many years um, before you know the pandemic hit, and and I decided that I wanted to step into the private sector. Um, and that was you know, and, and I'm sure we'll touch upon it later on, but that was that was a, a huge shift with what I've been kind of like developing professionally in and, and my trajectory and just wanting to step into to this private sector. And what I learned is that all of that government, you know is it, a government consulting firm. all of that experience that I had learned that, that I had mastered, I brought that with me to uh, CMV, Constantinople, and Valones. And what I learned from the Valones is how much influence and and how we can move the needle forward at a quicker pace in the private sector and how public and private partnerships can actually, actually affect change in a way that I never thought possible. And uh, while I was at the firm, I was allowed to work with so many beautiful non-profit organizations and represent them, and we advocated so hard during the pandemic to ensure that these non-profits did not lose their uh, funding allocation, their their city council allocations, and other state and and city grants. But what we what we did so well is that we ensured an increase you know, to um, compensate for, for the losses that they, they, uh, the non for profits experienced during that time. And I learned so many strategies from, from the Valones and, and the Constantinoples and how to, again, harness uh, what I learned in city government for good in, in the private sector.
0: Well, you know, I know every day you wake up working hard because I think it's in your DNA, you know, it's, it's something you've done as a child to work hard get good grades in school and then to hold down three jobs and then work with a prestigious community group so tell me about uh, you you started another group that to help people find legal services talk to me about that
1: yeah. So during my time at the Department of Small Business Services, I was hired to oversee um, pro bono projects and pro bono uh, services for entrepreneurs. But during that time, a piece of legislation had passed to ensure that commercial tenants had a, a fair chance and a fair fight against, you know, landlords that, that are not so good actors um and and so i helped develop and design and launch the commercial lease assistance program which is a program that is still in existence to this day that provides free legal representation to um commercial tenants so small business owners that are, are dealing with landlord uh tenant harassment um, lack of um, fixtures and and rent arrears and things of that nature and a, a program that really helped level the playing field for commercial tenants that have to deal with the pressures of increased rents um, and again uh, some bad actors that you know are not looking out for the best interest of of the commercial corridors and so that was that was an opportunity of a lifetime and you know I I brought up everything that i learned from my lived experience to my professional experience into the design of that program i i have this mantra that uh, i i think about my mom when she was ap- applying for pu- public programs if how if i am giving her this application will she be able to navigate it in a way that yes. you know she understood it and and that she could receive access to these programs so i always think about my mom when i am designing programs because i I saw her, uh, the challenges and, and what, what she had to kind of navigate in order to just receive services that were supporting her and supporting
0: us. Well, you know, is that program available citywide?
1: Yes, it's a citywide program. It's under the Department of Small Business Services. It's called the Commercial Lease Assistance Program. Um, and you can go online, nyc.gov uh, SBS, and you can find um, that program right under Business Services. Still in the works, is, it's a program that when we are connecting with our commercial corridors or when we're doing bid tours, we often promote because folks don't know. And that program, we made sure that the attorneys that were uh, delivering these services and representing our tenants, that they speak different languages. So you have Spanish speakers, uh, attorneys, and, and so there's there's support for everyone, for every single group.
0: Well, I learned something new today. I'm delighted to know that there's help with commercial uh, tenants. Yes. And now I know that you are very ably and really delighted to be the deputy borough president. Yes. Of the- uh, is there one particular thing that is your favorite thing to do every day when you get up having that job?
1: What is my favorite there's so many amazing things you know what I what I truly love is that I get to work with passionate public servants. Every single staff member here at the Bronx Borough President's office is deeply deeply passionate about serving the people of the Bronx. And to work in that energetic space in an environment where everyone's just excited to serve and looking forward to serve and thinking through how to better serve our have residents. Have you made a
0: pet project? Do you have a pet project?
1: Do I have a pet project? I'm. There's so many, um, so many initiatives. I'll, I'll give you this. I work very closely with the Bronx Overall Economic Development Corporation, the BOEDC, here at our office, and you know I'm bringing in my small business background into it to ensure that you know we're holding the state accountable. We're holding federal government accountable for the recovery of small businesses. So there are some pet projects that Vicky, you're going to have to um, do another interview because I I can't share with you what we're working or what what, what we're stirring up, but I know it's going to be exciting. Just know that we're looking for ways to kind of demystify and diminish barriers to access, to capital access, and ensuring that when programs are being developed, that they're taking into consideration the real challenges of small businesses. Another item that I am uh, passionate about and currently working on with our Health and Human Services is um, addressing the Black maternal mortality and morbidity issue right. in the city of New York. We are the only borough without a birthing center. And so what we're looking to do with our consortium is uh, ensure that there's a diversity of, of um pre- and perinatal care for for women of color. Black women are have the highest rate of deaths when it comes to, to pregnancies and um, Hispanic women are right behind that quota. So as an administration that's led by two women, a Black woman and a Latina woman, it is personal for us. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna make sure that we're doing everything we can, taking in community input, uh, input from doulas, input from uh, midwives to ensure that there's, diversity of care the same way there's a diversity of
0: women giving birth well you know it's a I love to hear you talk about it because your eyes light up (laughs) people can't see your eyes but they can hear it in your voice you know your success is so brilliant and so hard-earned what advice would you give to other people to be successful
1: you know Vicky I never shied away from any job like I told you, I had three jobs. I was flipping burgers in undergrad. I was making cappuccinos and lattes. I was selling shoes. And every single job taught me or is a part of the equation of who I am today. Every single job. So don't shy away from any, you know, I took many entry-level jobs, many admin jobs early on in my career because I just wanted to get my foot in the door. This is an organization that I saw that I wanted to be a part of. Did they have an admin uh, position? I took it. I applied for it. I just wanted to get myself in and I worked myself myself up. Um as I mentioned to you earlier before this, you know, I stepped into the 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 private sector and I you know, I worked very well with uh, with with my consulting firm. Within a year, I was up for a promotion. Um and I had the tough decision of deciding between that promotion and coming here, but this is this role is an opportunity of a lifetime and, and what I've been working so hard to get to. So my biggest my biggest advice is one, don't shy away from any any job, any entry level position. There's something to learn. You are molding yourself professionally with any role. If there's an organization that you want to be a part of, get in just get in through the door and grow yourself up from there. Another piece of advice um, that I I feel propelled me to to this moment and where I am today, I took up a ton of professional development trainings. When I worked at uh, city government, I was a a union employee for DC37. I took public speaking courses. I took writing courses uh, through the city's website. I did it all, everything to sharpen each and every of the skills that I knew I needed to sharpen when the Opportunity came knocking on my door. I wanted to make sure that I was ready. On um, the the topic of professional development and training, fellowships. I was a part of two fellowships. One, uh, Cup, the Council of Urban Professionals. That fellowship completely changed the way, uh, you know, I as as a woman of color in spaces where we're not often found. Uh, imposter syndrome gets to you. It's real. It's a real, real challenge. It's a real thing. I'm not going to shy away from telling you that I didn't suffer from it. But being part of fellowships where we're openly speaking about these challenges and our insecurities allowed us to, one, create awareness, but to create strategies to tackle those issues and those challenges. So that really prepared me. When I'm feeling this way, I have a strategy. And, and take office. Take office, I was a part of their first pilot program, and that was a fellowship created for women that were seeking running for office or being appointed in office. And because of take office, I decided to step into the private sector and say, wow, I can be influential in the private sector and still do good for my community. And, and take office really exposed me to different areas and different professions. And Can I also be appointed? Wow, here I am discovering different offices where I can have the opportunity to be appointed in. And without those two fellowships, I I feel like, you know, they've really prepared me for for this moment.
0: Well, the moment is here. We are thrilled to have been talking with Janet Peguera, who is the Deputy Borough President of the Bronx, the first Dominican ever. So I wish you tremendous success. And I think only success is in your vocabulary and in your absolute resume. So keep going and keep doing and keep on. Keep on. I love your thing. Pain with purpose. You turned your pain into purpose. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you. Thank you for
0: till
1: next time.
0: This is Victoria Schnepp signing off until next time. See you. Bye now.